Hey there, welcome back to this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. I'm your host, Christian Harris. This week's episode of the Seatown Podcast is brought to you by Seatown Real Estate. Their mission to make a difference extends beyond just their unique and unconventional approach with their clients and their agents. They partner with the community to give back a percentage of the proceeds from each home sale to a local nonprofit of their client's choice. Visit seatown.com, S-E-A-town.com, and experience the difference with Seatown Real Estate today. Welcome back to another episode of the Seatown Podcast. Uh, this is episode 64. Today I'm joined by Holly Margell, the owner of Native Light Photography. Thanks for joining me today. Thank Holly, you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so you're connected by a mutual friend of ours uh, that I know through the West Seattle Chamber. Um, and uh, so you own a photography business. Maybe tell us a little bit more about you know kind of what you specialize in. Obviously, there's a lot of photographers out there. You know, what uh, what can make you stand out with? Yeah, so I have a background in weddings and families, and I decided to choose a niche that I thought was being underserved, and that is the niche of the small local business owner. Uh, so I call myself a business photographer. Okay. And what that looks like in practical terms are the photos that people might use in their LinkedIn bio, their About Me page, for their website, and then their website photos, you know. So if you're, for example, a chiropractor, you might want to have your headshot on there as well as some action shots of you working with some of your ideal clients you might want to show that you work with kids or you specialize in working with people who are elderly so photos that show kind of what you do and also maybe what you make I've worked with a lot of artists as well okay now, when you started, you started Native Light Photography in 2015, right? Yes. Did Was that your initial niche, or did it kind of develop into that over time? Well, it's kind of a long story. Okay. <laughs> we can go ahead, and I'll just lay it all out there, and you might have some, some follow-up questions for that. Uh, so I have been into photography forever. Um, I always considered photography to be my side hustle or my side business. Um, I also worked in a lot of small businesses as like a general office manager, um, working, you know, scheduling, um, updating websites with a couple of, you know, word text updates or adding photos. Uh, I didn't decide to focus on um, this niche business until I had a really big event happen um, where it kind of rocked my world and made me go, what am I doing, Mm -hmm. right? So that happened um, when my aunt, who is my mom's younger sister, died. Uh, She she passed away. She was 53 when she died, so she was really young. Um, She was someone I looked up to growing up and kind of emulated a little bit and kind of how I wanted to be a parent. And uh, when she died, I realized, you know, reflecting on her life, she kind of always lived for her family first and not what her ambitions were. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until she was diagnosed with cancer that she really started doing the things she wanted to do. So um, what I want to be doing, uh, photography as a side hobby business with two children and doing um, more kind of standard business work for other people, I thought, well, what do I really want? Mm -hmm. I really want to be a photographer that earns a living sure. being a photographer yeah. and so I read a lot of marketing books I've always been interested in that side of business anyway and I started doing some research I thought okay what did I find so many wedding photographers so many family photographers I personally know at least five sure. <laughs> and so I thought I need to be very specific and serve a different market so that's why I chose business uh, business owners and small business community I have a real passion for that um, 
So that's where Native Light Photography got started. Okay. Uh, but kind of a very circuitous route to sure. get there. That's a big word. <laughs> um, well, that's interesting. Cause, I mean, I, I obviously know a lot of business owners and photographers, and uh, I think you're the first that's like, this is my, like, a friend or a guy who does, you know, photography on the side or something. It's not right. like someone who does business photography or headshots or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they'll do, like, headshots and, like, because they do family photos or something right right it's a it's a real uh, we're a very talented city yeah we have a ton of talent and it's really easy to fit things in and i uh, i've done enough reading and enough observing of entrepreneurs around the seattle area Mm -hmm. to know that if you really want to do something well if you pick a lane or pick a pick a focus uh you can only get better at that at that thing over time Mm -hmm. and so i thought well if i'm going to pick if I'm going to pick a category, I want to pick something that I think is underserved. And as since I've started, I've I've actually met two other business-focused photographers since, and okay. it's pretty exciting to be like, oh, I, I did pick something cool, and that's you know it's starting to catch on. So I have, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm seeing a little more competition pop up, sure, and it actually makes me excited. Yeah, I mean it's. it's- whether or not it was intentional or not, it was pretty smart to kind of do your research ahead of time because I think most people don't do that. They're mm-hmm. just kind of like, I want to do this thing, and they have no idea if it's a saturated market already, if there's actually a niche, if there's you know uh, a market for it. So it's uh, good on you. Good job. Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad it's working out. Yeah. Um, when you started your business, what did you find to be the most uh, surprising or unexpected aspect of starting your own business? Uh, the... The fact that people don't really understand the differences between like what a headshot is and what maybe just a casual, you know, walk in the park with their family photo is and how powerful being intentional with those, understanding what those are can do to leverage you as a business owner. Um, I think certain certain kinds of businesses can get away with using their family photos that they get every year, Mm -hmm. you know, in their business, but uh, the impression, the power and the impression you have when you've taken the time and care to do a professional headshot and professional photos for your business, mm-hmm. it just kind of levels you up, just like sure. you know the quality of your logo. So I've been surprised at how how much education I've needed to add value to my work to okay. prove to kind of like prove it before they hire me. Sure, it's been it's been surprising. Sure, do uh, do companies ever hire you hire you to do like all of their employees' headshots, or you know like an industry that would do that, like well, real estate, for example, where headshots yes. are a big thing. Yes, um, I um, just wrapped up one, and um, you know it's a it's a really interesting uh, workflow. So you know there's a couple of smaller, I would say medium sized businesses in the area who've hired me to come in and do all their staff headshots. And the challenging part piece for that is scheduling. You know, so I might show up and set up in a conference room uh, three different times during the month, just because you've got different events going on, especially if they're doing something like installations, mm. you know, like actual uh, furnishings into into places. Sure. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking about that because the other day I was uh, doing some online research in my old brokerage. Okay. And you know, I was looking at, at, you know, what agents are still there, you know, who's moved on and like they all have headshots with them, right? Mm-hmm. So you got everything from the, like, it was probably taken 30 years ago, like yes. on a boat, on an old flip phone to, you know, suit and tie and, you know, some generic you know background or whatever but it's just kind of interesting uh because i I, you know i'm a big fan of kind of congruency and uh consistency and that sort of thing you know uh and so like i know there's you know other brokerages are like 
this is the background, this is, you know, we'll do your headshot for you, as opposed to, well, you just put whatever you want out there, you know. Yeah. So I've heard I've heard a couple of different things. I'm I'm curious to ask you a question. So what is your impression of those who have the flip phone photo versus the suit and tie polished sure. photo? Um, you know, I mean, me me personally, like my style, I'm much more laid back. So like I'm kind of an anti headshot guy. Mm-hmm. But typically, you know, you you want to have a photo of you somewhere, and, and you always want to use the, the same photo. So, but I'm much more of a like. I'm a t-shirt and jeans guy, so like that's what my photo's going to be. I'm not going to dress up in a three-piece suit and pretend to be super fancy right. when I'm right. not, you know. Um, so I don't know. It kind of depends. I mean, some some people gravitate towards the, like, you got to put on the professional persona, and that's how you appear to people, but mm-hmm. I'm much more like, be authentic. You'll draw people who gravitate towards that as opposed to you have to pretend to be someone you're not. You know? Absolutely. Well, and that's one of the things that I encourage people to do when I when I am hired to do a headshot is, you know, my they ask what to wear, mm. you know, especially if you're a landscape business owner, you do not wear a suit and tie. Sure. Um, and the reason for that is you want to show up how you show up for your clients. Yeah. So if you're looking very different in your headshot than, than how you actually show up to meet them, that's a big no-no. Sure. Because you want to create that, that authenticity and that connection. Exactly. Um, what I found is there's certain companies that are like maybe more of like a national chain where they do have that cookie cutter criteria one sheet for the photographer. Mm-hmm. You have to have these color backgrounds. Um, you need to crop X number of inches around their head. And I can do that. I have a lot more fun though when I'm working with a small company that maybe they have 12 employees and they have a vision and they want to do some kind of fun vintage sepia tone series yeah. and no one's, you know, using their right or left side of their face looking the same direction. Yeah. So I definitely gravitate more towards the creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the nature of the smaller local businesses. Yeah, I mean, I think so. If, if there wasn't, you know, if, if the large corporation or franchise fit everybody wouldn't you know you want to have all these independent places right. popping up the allow more freedom and uh, expression you know of yeah their agents so absolutely yep. um, what do you love most about what you do in your business discovering different types of businesses okay um, I really enjoy um, hearing about people's origin stories I'm sure you've Found that in in this podcast series yeah, um, this, when yeah. when I'm working with these business owners you know they're doing something different for a reason and being around them and talking about how we're gonna show what they do and what makes them special it's a really exciting energy because it kind of you know they're speaking their truth and they're speaking uh, to why they started and mm-hmm. it's incredibly inspiring okay What's been the, you can, you can pick whatever, there are a few things out there. Okay. What's been either like the most inspiring story uh, or the most interesting photo shoot or most interesting business that you've, you've worked with? Oh man, those are really good questions. Let me see if I can, I'll, I'll pick one okay. and then go with that. Most inspiring. Um, oh, it's so hard because everybody has a good story. Okay, so one that one that jumps out at me um, is someone who works uh, doing something called uh, being a death doula. Have you heard okay. of that? Um, no, I mean the only thing I can think of is like like aquamation, you know, with with pets, you know, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me explain it a little bit. Uh, okay. I didn't know it existed, but it makes a lot of sense. Okay. And maybe part of why I am so inspired by it is because I've 
lived through the loss of some people very close to me and mm-hmm. I've had to be there in the thick of it. And um, so you've heard of a birth doula, right? Sure. Yeah. So a birth doula usually comes in either during your pregnancy or right after a pregnancy mm-hmm. to help you out through the process. Right. Uh, it can be as simple as holding your hand there in the hospital while yep. you're giving birth or uh, more practical like showing up cooking your meals and sweeping your house. Sure. My wife had one when we had our kids. So right, very, right. Very helpful. So a death doula is very similar. Um, it is someone who comes in, and I'm sure uh, there's different levels of service. Um, it's something that's new that I've seen popping up uh, more than once here in Seattle. And it's someone to literally come in and help you through the process. It might be the practical end of coming in and sitting down with your family and helping you plan for your funeral, like if you have a terminal illness, um, walking you through preparing for what that's going to look like, maybe tr- helping you transition to hospice care at the end of your life. Um, but it's really supporting you through that li- that life transition, and it makes a lot of sense to me because if we're going to support birth, why aren't we really? Why not support death too? We can't talk about death. It's uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable. uncomfortable. Yes. So I, I was really inspired to work with a woman uh-huh. who does death doula work. That is interesting. Yeah. Huh. I'll have to. Offline, we'll to talk more about what businesses that have these interesting stories that would uh, would be worth having on as as guests. So Absolutely, I'm sure the community would love to hear more of those those kind of stories. So. Yeah. Um, what you know in your in your line of work, you know, at photography, what would you consider like your greatest strength to be? Uh, being able to get people comfortable in front of the camera. Okay. You find people regularly like kind of freeze up and get a little. Absolutely. A little stony during, in front yes. of the camera. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I'm no exception. Sure. When somebody's taking my picture, I get very nervous. Yeah. Um, so what I what I learned really early on in my trajectory was that my specialty is being able to make people feel comfortable. Um, usually it comes down to having a conversation and treating them like a human being and less like a job. True. Um, and once you have a conversation, people automatically relax. Um and that's something that, uh, so, so my, my, favorite, my favorite story to explain this is um, I was 18 years old and I was a wedding photographer's assistant. And at that time, we were using medium format cameras and my job was to load film and schlep equipment. Okay. And I worked with a woman who was a very talented photographer, but her people skills were a little lacking. So if you had a bride that was having trouble. She was not very good at talking to them, but she would send me to go get them. And we had a bride who would not come out of the bathroom. And we asked a bridesmaid to go in and bring her out. Oh no, she can't come out now. And soon enough, we were down to the wire before the wedding and we needed a group shot. So my boss sent me in the bathroom and I went in to find this wonderfully trembling, beautiful bride uh, having a hard time because she had never worn makeup before. And she was trying to put on makeup. Oh wow. And everybody was kind of irritated and exasperated with her, but she was, you know, at the height of emotion. And I asked her, why are you putting makeup on if you've never worn it before? Why, would, why are you doing this right now? Yeah. <laughs> and she said, well, the photographer said that I had to wear lipstick and I had to wear mascara and I had to do this. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. So let's back up a little bit. So the reason why she encouraged you to do that was because you're very fair and in order to show up, um, 
and the photograph's better, you need a little bit of color. But you know what? If you've never done it before, let's not worry about it because this is who you are, yep. you know? And so I kind of talked her off that ledge of uh, being frozen <laughs> to be camera ready. And um, she calmed right down. I did help her put on a little bit of lip liner and gloss. And I helped walk her through putting on mascara just mm -hmm. on her top lashes, you know? So her, because she was so fair, she had like no non-existent eyelashes, yeah, yeah. right? So, uh, walked her through that and that's kind of that that moment where i realized okay i'm really good at, at talking with people and putting them at ease um and then of course the rest of the wedding went really well but that's carried me through a lot of situations um no matter what kind of photography i've done and it especially is helpful with businesses because you know, as a business owner, you're really busy. You don't have a lot of time. We're not going to spend all day with a photo shoot. Sure. We're going to spend an hour, maybe two hours. Right. And I got to get you to look normal and pleasant and yeah. not stiff and shy. Right. So, yeah, that that's my answer. Okay, interesting. I mean, I'd, I'd imagine it would be a pretty essential skill for any photographer working with people to have that skill set. But I mean, maybe not. <laughs> Seems I, like it would make a, a much for a much better outcome. It, it would. It would, yeah. Um, I mean, normally I'd ask, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do? But it seems like you, know, you kind of had a early epiphany and mm -hmm. had to have shifted to doing doing what you love, which is, which yes. is awesome. Yeah. That wasn't really a question, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. You're reviewing your, your questions. That's yeah. great. Uh, what, what would you say you're passionate about? I am passionate about um, community. Okay. Yeah. Elaborate. What, what about <laughs> okay. I believe that uh, we are healthier uh, as people and as um, a country when we come together in community. Um, how that shows up for me uh, in a, is in a variety of ways. So in the past, um, I've always been one to volunteer, you know, whether it's in high school for a club or a group, to as a grown adult and uh, being part of the neighborhood council, um, as well as at a certain point in time, I was part of a, a pea patch, um, which is kind of like a loose gardening group sure. you get your own spot yep. that you pay the city for for a year was that one of the ones here in west seattle yeah i was part of the delridge pea patch yep. for about three or four years okay. um and then you know kids and business and i just didn't have time and i didn't want to hold on to some land i wasn't going to take good care of um, but i learned a lot so you learn a lot in community uh you're also able to accomplish a lot in community um right now to this day it it means uh my kids ptsa mm -hmm. Right, and then um, loosely, more loosely, I've worked at connecting with other photographers. Um, first of all, because I like to pass business along that might not be a good fit for me, um, and also I think that we grow together rather than in isolation. Sure. So you live here in West Seattle. I do. Um, what would you say that you love most about West Seattle? Well, it's going to sound funny, but I'm going to say community. Okay. <laughs> um, the thing that, that uh, kept me coming back to West Seattle after uh, spending some time away is, um, you know, I love uh, seeing people I know when I'm out and about. Yep. Some people that's not appealing, they want to be anonymous. I feel better being in a space where people know me, they know my kids, mm -hmm. they know about us because I feel like we can care about each other more. Uh, West Seattle feels very much like a small town. Um, and uh, I grew up here. I have a lot of relatives who still live here. I have aunts and uncles and, you know, first cousins and second sure. cousins. Um, so I feel very, I guess, a sense of loyalty, but also it's really comforting to know no matter how much West Seattle has grown and changed, um, people know me and they know my family, and that's very comforting. Yeah. 
I think it's good. I mean, it's, I think it's part of human nature. Like, we want to be known, you know. We're yeah. very, very tribal, and that can go good or go bad. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, all right, imagine this. Okay. You've got your best friend in from out of town, never been to Seattle. What do you What do you go with them? What do you tell them what to do? Okay, so it depends on the friend okay. and what their interests are. Sure. Um, so, for example, I had a, a friend who's an author, a self-published author. She sold, I think, three or four books through Amazon now. Um, she's from Canada, and she came to visit. And so the first thing we did was go to the Central Library downtown, mm-hmm. which we could have spent all day in. Sure. Um, you know, it's a beautiful space in and of itself, but of course she loved looking through the different levels of books and things. Um, and then, of course, Pike Place Market for coffee, and then a pickle on a stick, because we both love pickles. Sure. Um, <laughs> Uh, and then uh, other bookstores, you know, I mean, they're okay. kind of dwindling, but there's like some really cool... Third place. Really, yeah, third place. There's Elliott Bay Books. Yeah. There's really just some really cool little tiny um, used type places in, in, in the market as well. Okay. Um, just some nooks and crannies. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, if they're really into art, we're going to try to hit an art walk, no matter, depending on when they're visiting, where that's happening seattle is rich in artists and there's an art walk pretty much every single week depending on where you are in the city okay so let's go into the lightning round here so we'll do quick questions quick answers just kind of blow through them cool all right in the past what's holding you back from becoming the entrepreneur you are today fear okay what's the best advice you've ever received keep moving forward what is a personal habit that contributes to your success lists I make a list every day, I make a list for the week, and I make a list for the month. Love it. That's good. Do you listen to podcasts? I do. What's your favorite one and why? So you're going to laugh, but I love Tim Ferriss' podcast. Oh, I laugh. It's great. Because that's what your <laughs> reference for this. So I've been listening to his podcast for a long time. Um, second runner-up is going to be Chase Jarvis' Creative Live. Okay. He doesn't consistently do podcasts. He's done like different iterations of types of interviews for in- creative individuals. Okay. So I love following his. He does have a podcast, but he also does these little video YouTube series gotcha. of a uh, very similar format to okay. this. Okay. Yeah. Favorite movie? Gattaca. Okay. A little bit of a sci-fi person, are you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, a little less sci-fi, a little more fascinated by um, uh, how we are evolving as people and the role that science plays in that. Okay. Interesting. If you could recommend just one book to our listeners, what would it be? It would be The Art of Nonconformity by a man by the name of Chris Gillibu. And um, that book was super inspiring. The premise is you get to decide how you engineer your life. And he has a wonderful series of examples of people who do just that. What is next for your business? Where are you going? Yeah, so I think the next big step, so like I said, I do lists. So I did a a five-year, a 10-year, and a 20-year plan. Um, I'm really getting close to the five-year mark, and that'll be next year. Um, So the next big thing for me is going to be an an open studio. And what I mean by open is I want to have it as a resource for my own business, but I would also like to share it as a space um, to other photographers that need a, uh, a studio that they can use. Okay. Uh, if I'm not using it, I'd also really like to teach out of there and not be um, tied to finding locations to rent to teach. Sure. Sounds very communal. I'm sensing a theme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so as we uh, close up here, can you share one piece of parting guidance or words of wisdom to our audience? 
Yes. Okay. So my advice at this point in my life experience would be to go for the things they want to do and don't wait until things are perfect to do them. Mm. That's good. So what's the best way that our listeners can get in touch with you if you know, they need a business photographer or headshots or uh, are just fascinated by uh, or just want, want to meet for coffee? Yeah, so they can go to my website. My website is nativelightphoto.com. All exactly how it sounds and it should be spelled in the English language. Um, and then from there they can fill out my contact form and that sends an email to me. Uh, they can email me. I'm holly, H-O-L-L-I, at nativelightphoto.com. Right. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Holly. Yeah. Uh, I hope that uh, our listeners have found this interesting and uh, we'll give you a call or check out your website uh, for Native Light Photography. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time. All right. That wraps up this week's episode. Make sure to check out our guest's website, pay them a visit, and help spread the word about what they are doing. If you have any questions, know someone who should be a guest on here or has a great story worth sharing, email me at christianharris at ctown.com. That's S-E-A-Town.com. I would also love it if you would go to iTunes and give us a review and a nice five-star rating. We work hard to bring on great guests and provide exceptional content, and getting a review from you is one way to help the podcast rank well in iTunes so others can find and enjoy the show. You can also find out more about me, how my real estate brokerage is breaking the mold and making a difference in our Seattle communities, and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com, S-E-A-Town.com. Thanks for listening. The music for our podcast is courtesy of The Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. You can also listen to more episodes and find all our show notes on our website at seatownpodcast.com. This has been a Seatown Media Production. 